What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Soul with C.F. Smith. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome friends, you're listening to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast, thanks very much for your time, my name's Imran and uh, we have a really exciting show lined up for you today. Uh, before we get there, let's give you the quick rundown as per usual, Blue in Green Radio, uh, well these podcasts run in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio which is tw- uh, the 21st century soul, jazz, funk and Latin uh, in online, independent and internet radio station, uh, we run 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And uh, if you visit blueingreenradio.com, you'll find our constantly never-ending stream of incredible music that we are able to present from all corners of the world, which is super, super exciting. We have uh, DJs and presenters that submit shows uh, from the UK. Uh, We have Australia. We have... Uh, the US, uh, Denver, Colorado, we have California, San Jose, and uh, we have Niigata, Japan as well. So we're, we're thrilled at the, the sort of the diverse level of content that we're able to display, to display, to uh, present, to put out there into the wonderful world. Uh, this episode of the podcast, while a lot of them revolve around our amazing presenters and we talk to them each and every week, uh, these podcasts actually uh, go over the first, second and third Mondays of the month and um, uh, we've had uh, the fortune of spending lots of time with these amazing presenters but then we've also had the fortune of spending amazing time with artists that we are huge fans of and um, this show uh, today is sort of a celebration of that so we're going to be um, something of a clip show uh, as we revisit a couple of artists uh, from previous Blue and Green podcast uh, recordings that have aired in 2019 thus far because we're at that midway point now so we're going to revisit some of those amazing uh, artists that have given us uh, their time and uh, their uh, efforts and energy to uh, talk about their wonderful music so um I'll give you a quick rundown, we're going to visit four today, we're going to go straight uh, from here to one of our dearest friends, uh, who we love dearly, Joe Pignato from the uh, fantastic Bright Dog Red, um, we we had the opportunity earlier this year to sit down and talk with him for episode 13, I'd urge you to check it out, it's a great episode. Um, uh, Joe's the uh, drummer and band leader for Bright Dog Red, uh, their album Means to the Ends came out in 2018 through uh, wonderful through the wonderful uh, Ropadope Records. Uh, we had, as I said, we had the full on conversation with him in episode 13, but late last year he was super kind enough to um, uh, to basically sit down and prepare uh, a sort of a review of uh, certain tracks on his album for the Blue and Green session. So we've got a snippet of that. So if you've never heard, uh, if you've only listened to the podcast and not, uh, you didn't catch that show, then this is brand new. So this is really exciting. So we're going to go straight to Joe. Uh, we are then going to go to uh, another one of our really great conversations that we had with Flevins. 
his album came out earlier this year, 2019, through Jalapeno Records. It's called Part Time Millionaire. Our full on conversation with him uh, took place in episode 12, and this is a snippet of that conversation of him introducing a track from his album. Uh, we're going to go from there to Melbourne, Australia, uh, and talk to uh, the incredible uber talented renaissance woman that is chelsea wilson she was so kind and gracious uh, to spend time with us for episode nine uh, to discuss her chasing gold album from earlier this year uh, it's a brilliant record and uh, she's going to talk about the lead single which is real love and uh, i'd urge you to check that episode out it's it's excellent um and uh, then we're going to go to listen to slim now this one's a bit of a bonus one because like the joe pinamato episode that we had earlier uh that i mentioned earlier he presented his album um as album of the week for the blue and green sessions so this from lucinda slim is a snippet of, of her presenting tracks in the same context she has not appeared on the blue and green podcast and i'm really hoping we can change that because she's awesome i'm a real fan i think she's incredible uh, she's a singer songwriter uh, a pr- a producer dj uh, she's uh, performed with Zap Mama. She had an amazing uh, self-titled project that was reissued through um, Haggis Records uh, last year uh, called Lucinda Slim. It was an 8-track uh, EP. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to get her as a guest on uh, this uh, this podcast. I really hope it's something we'll be able to do. But in the meantime, she uh, again was incredibly gracious to spend time with us uh, to discuss her project for the Blue and Green session. So um, we have that uh, as a bonus as well. We're going to add in uh, her introducing one track from said project. Uh, so we normally have two tracks on. Um, these podcasts i introduce one and our guests introduce the second uh and final closing number but we'll be playing four songs uh which i think is probably enough so i don't think we need any more i think from now we'll just go straight to uh joe pinata from bright dog red so i'm sorry I've, I've, it's a long waffly intro but i hope you'll bear with it because uh, it's you know these are amazing people so um and again incredibly uh, appreciative of their time and we look forward to um, artists that will be able to um, uh, sort of uh, recruit and get to hang out with uh, in the same way uh, for over the next six months uh, so I hope you'll check out Blue and Green podcast and I hope you'll check out Blue and Green radio uh, on blueandgreenradio.com and uh, my name is Imran and uh, thanks very much for your time I hope you enjoy the show thanks you're listening to blueandgreenradio.com your 21st century soul station the reason I play so many, so many, uh, it sounds, maybe it sounds angry because I'm, I'm trying so many things at one time, you see, like I, I, I haven't sorted them out, I have a whole bag of things that I'm trying to work through and get the one extension. Hey there, this is Joe Pignato from Bright Dog Red, a band from the U.S. located near Albany, New York. I'm delighted to be with you on Blue and Green Radio, sharing selections from our recent Ropadope Records debut, Means to the Ends. A bit about Bright Dog Red, we're an improvising group. Uh, that's to say that when we play live, our sets are uh, mostly improvised. Um, and uh, when we improvise, we draw on... Um, a number of genres that reflect the background and experience of each of the members of the band. And those genres generally include jazz music, hip-hop, electronica, 
psychedelic rock uh, and noise music. Um, and the album, Means to the Ends, was recorded trying to use very similar approaches to those we use live. When we play live, we'll often joke with the audience and say, if you're curious to hear what we sound like tonight, so are we, because uh, each set is really very, very different. Um, and that's, um, in a live setting, easier to do than in the studio. In a live setting, you have an audience, and it's always a different vibe, and um, the band can really play off that. But in the studio, it's a little bit more of a challenge because it's kind of a clinical setting, and um, studios are usually not places for a live performance as much as they are for kind of building track by track by track. Um, so we tried to actually work in the studio in a way that's similar to the way we work when we play live. And um, in fact, Means to the Ends was recorded at the Disco Studio, our home facility located near Albany. Um, and it was done during one single completely improvised session that we captured live. Uh, there were a couple tracks added after the fact, uh, but when we added those tracks, we had the musicians take a similar approach. So they would hear... Um, you know, a recording of what was captured in the original session and given the sort of directive to hit play and record. And um, as much as possible, we used that very first completely improvised take. There were a couple things that we had to edit out, uh, but we tried to present on the recording something as close to uh, what you might hear if you hear the band live um, as possible. And so each of the 11 tracks represents a slightly different uh, style of the band. Some are more leaning towards jazz and others are more leaning towards hip-hop and uh, some have more of a progressive rock or psychedelic rock uh, feel to them. Uh, but all of them mix those elements uh, which reflect uh, each of the members of the band. Um, the members include uh, trumpeter Jarrett Scheel, saxophonist Mike LaBombard, electronic musician Cody Davies, MC and rapper Cully, uh, and bassist Anthony Berman, as well as yours truly on drums and uh, concepts. I'm, I'm sort of the leader of the band, uh, directing uh, the improvisations as much as, uh, as possible. Um, with that said, um, it's one of the delights uh, for me in being in the band is that we can uh, sort of follow the lead of any one of the players at any given moments. The first track uh, that I'd like to share with you is entitled It's a Thing or It Ain't. And that title reflects uh, kind of the process that we went through to come to the conclusion that the recordings that gave birth to Means to the Ends uh, were worth uh, assembling into an album and editing into tracks and releasing. Um, we were listening to those recordings uh, just sort of as reference uh, to um, help to get to know each other a little bit better and understand the band and the possibilities of the band and the range of genres and, and approaches to playing that are uh, typical of the group. And in, in those listening sessions, I kept coming back and saying, I, I think there's a thing here. I think there's something that we can uh, release. So it's a thing or it ain't uh, refers to that process and that kind of iterative approach that we take of listening and listening again and thinking, uh, what could this be? So here is It's a Thing or It Ain't from Bright Dog Red's Rope Dope Records debut, Means to the Ends.
This album really, the sort of catalyst was Laura Vane, who's obviously on, I think, three or four tracks Several, of the record. Yeah. And she, I'd worked with her back in about 2011 on a track that never got released actually on True Thoughts around the sort of time when I put my last kind of couple of individual tracks out with them. Um, and we just, we, you know, we drifted out of touch, you know, not for any reason other than the fact that we sort of, you know, we moved and then I had a bit of a sort of a, a hiatus from Flevin stuff for a while. Um, and I bumped into her. So after A Distant View had come out, it was probably six months after that. And um, t- it turns out basically she was living about two minutes walk. Uh, so I'd moved out of Brighton, sort of down down uh, down the south coast of Worthing. And she had done the same. We, we'd both got young kids and we bumped into each other uh, in town. In a, both looking sort of pretty pretty tired I think they were probably about one at the time so we were both pushing buggies sort of just with that you know that, that blank stare that you have um, and we were just like oh let's have a coffee and we just got chatting we just said well god you know it's, be, it's such a shame for us to sort of be so close and not think about at least doing a track together so I for, I can't remember why I think it's because I'd been on holiday and I'd heard it loads but I really wanted to do a cover of X Factor uh, even though I know it's you know huge one of the biggest sort of R&B tracks of all time but it just I think I heard it a few times I was on holiday in Thailand actually it was being played a lot on the radio and it just I was just like I just I love the track and I just thought it'd be a really nice one to tr- kind of do a sort of a you know a, a slightly different version of so that's we got talking about doing that and got in the studio um and it worked it just worked really it worked really well but you know she's a she's a lovely person and she's a real talent as well but she's also you know every now and again you click and have somebody that's just really easy to work with you know so there's no you know there's no pretense at trying to be kind of cooler than you are or anything like that do you know what i mean it was just a lot of fun to work together um and that sort of started so we recorded a couple of tracks together um and obviously then when i signed jalapeno it gave me the opportunity to sort of uh, work with Izzo. the track with sarah i'd recorded quite a while ago actually it was a vocal that hadn't been used so i sort of re-recorded that track um and you know so it kind of it was quite organic in that in in that way um but it was good because it's sort of, I, my, I guess my hand was forced a little bit in terms of sort of starting to work with Laura. But as soon as it happened, I was just like, what, what, why have I not been doing this sooner? You know, like, it's just such a nice way to write music and to be able to sort of, you know, have an idea, give it to somebody, they have a few ideas, you work, you know, but it just keeps it, it keeps it kind of moving. It keeps other people involved, which makes it a lot more fun. And you've also got other pairs of ears to sort of be critical about it. Do you know what I mean? So you can't, you don't get lost in that, oh, is this any good? So, you know, because you've actually mm. got that whole thing going on so you know I guess on one hand I sort of kicked myself and thought well God, I should have been doing that sooner but like everything it's I guess things just sort of fall into place when they're meant to be yeah. don't they really so yeah uh, and, and I think also my you know my production has only really just got to the stage where I'm kind of comfortable as a songwriter and with the arrangements and, and how to record vocals you know it's taken me a long time to do that because a lot of what I've been doing has just been messing around with sort of samples on my own in the studio and what have you so it probably feels like the opportunity to work with vocalists is come at the, the right time for me in terms of my you know where I'm at with my production and what have you as well but I mean it's definitely I won't go back to you know there'll always be the odd instrumental track but it's always you know it's um it's, it's all about the songs from here on in which is great it could all be so simple you'd rather make it hard Loving you is like a battle And we both 
I had a really big kind of idea in mind. I wanted to have this, you know, sort of disco rare groove influenced kind of bonanza. And, you know, there's a lot of strings, there's a lot of vocals. So there's a lot of people involved to get that sort of big sound that, that I wanted. Um, but the process has been fantastic. And I've been really lucky to 
have some people who came on board who believed in the vision and believed in the idea. And we had a lot of fun recording the album, absolutely. We recorded it mainly live, um, the rhythm section that is. We overdubbed the strings later just because you can't fit all those strings and all of the band in the room. It's just you'd need a very big room. I'd need to be at Abbey Road or something. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, it was over three days uh, with the band. We recorded it um, mainly live. Um, and we had so much fun recording it and it was a very different process um, from my first record whereas with my first record I wrote everything by myself um, uh, besides one song that I co-wrote but I I pretty much wrote every song by myself and I recorded a lot of home demos um, playing keyboard and you know I'm not world's best piano player um, but you know just with my home studio set up I kind of played the bass line in the left hand and I wrote the horn parts you know and played those on my right hand and I you know had really um completed draft versions of every song that the band just kind of had to listen to and sort of redo um but with this album the producer I worked with Ross McHenry said to me I don't want you to do that I want you to just have the really raw version of the song just the you playing the chords and singing and we'll bring the band in and we're going to jam on it and I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's one of the most terrifying things ever. You know, Maeli Manzanza is such a jazz drummer and he starts hitting the drums like he's like an octopus. It's like he's got eight limbs. It's like this crazy (laughs) drum stuff going on. I'm like, oh, my God, this is not going to work. It's going to be terrible. But, you know, it it worked in the end. Like, And the way that Ross, um, his idea was that, you know, we get the other musicians to bring in more of, breathe their personality into it put their influences onto it and just play with the songs because you know a song can go in so many different directions you can have the one song and it can be you know it can be a house song or it could be a real pop song or it can be you know a country song depending on how you produce it right so not being super prescriptive but giving them a nudge of like hey I really love Patrice Russian (laughs) kind of it just sort of evolved in a you know in a more you know kind of natural way I guess you know but it there's some really interesting parts musically in the record where you hear the players do things you know that that they came up with and it was great to give them that space and freedom to be able to express themselves within the music. Take my clothes 
Hi there, my name is Lucinda Slim. This is Blue in Green Radio, and you are listening to the Blue in Green Sessions. I'm a singer, I'm also a record collector slash DJ, and I specialize in blues, soul, and funk-based music between the 1950s up to the late 70s. I'm also a long-standing singer in a band called Zap Mama, in which acapella, African, and world vocals are something we really explore. That has been an amazing experience, and we've performed at Glastonbury, Reading, WOMAD, Carnegie Hall, Hollywood Bowl, and many others. Thank you so much, Imran, host of Bloom Green Sessions, for featuring my music. And I would love to introduce you all to three songs off my album, which were released on vinyl in 2015, but digitally released only a few months ago in 2018 through Haggis Records. The first song I would like to introduce you to is Close to My Heart. It's a song about a subject I think a lot of people can identify with. It describes a feeling when you've opened your heart completely to someone, your fragility, your body, your soul, and that person breaks your heart so badly. It feels like they stole it from you because all you feel is emptiness inside. The title of this song is Love Thief, and it's co-written by Gabriel Roth, producer and bass player of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, and Keb Darge, the world-famous DJ who taught me all about Northern Soul. So I hope you enjoy this track, Love Thief. (laughs) 